lords, give us leave. The Prince of Wales and I must have some private conference, but be near at hand, for we shall presently have need of you. I know not whether God will have it so for some displeasing service I have done that in his secret doom, out of my blood, he'll breed revengement and escarred me. But thou dost in thy passages of life make me believe that thou art only marked for the hot vengeance and the rod of heaven to punish my mistreadings. Tell me else, could such inordinate and low desires, such poor, such bare, such lewd, such mean attempts, such barren pleasures, rude society as thou art matched withal and grafted to, accompany the greatness of thy blood and hold their level with thy princely heart? So please, your majesty, I would, I could quit all offenses with as clear excuse as well as I am doubtless I can purge myself of many I am charged with all. Yet such extenuation let me beg as in reproof of many tales devised, which oft the ear of greatness needs must hear by smiling pick thanks and base newsmongers. I may for some things true wherein my youth hath faultily wandered and irregular find pardon in my true submission. God pardon thee. Yet let me wonder, Harry, at thy affections, which do hold a wing quite from the flight of all thy ancestors. Thy place in council thou hast rudely lost, which by thy younger brother is supplied, and art most an alien to the hearts of all the court and princes of my blood. The hope and expectation of thy time is ruined, and the soul of every man prophetically do forethink thy fall. Had I so lavish of my presence been, so common hackneyed in the eyes of men, so stale and cheap to vulgar company, opinion that did help me to the crown had still kept loyal to possession and left me in reputeless banishment, a fellow of no mark and no likelihood. By being seldom seen, I could not stir but like a comet I was wondered at that men would tell their children, this is he. Others would say, where, which is Bolingbroke? And then I stole all courtesy from heaven and dressed myself in such humility that I did pluck allegiance from men's hearts, loud shouts and salutations from their mouths, even in the presence of the crowned king. Thus did I keep my person fresh and knew my presence like a robe pontifical, ne'er seen but wondered at. And so my state seldom but sumptuous showed like a feast and won by rareness such solemnity. The skipping king, he ambled up and down with shallow gestures and rash baven wits, soon kindled and soon burnt, carded his state, mingled his royalty with capering fools, had his great name profaned with their scorns, and gave his countenance against his name to laugh at jibing boys and stand the push of every beardless vain comparative, grew a companion to the common streets, 
and fiefed himself to popularity that being daily swallowed by men's eyes, they surfeited with honey and began to loathe the taste of sweetness, whereof a little more than a little is by much too much. So when he had occasion to be seen, he was but as the cuckoo in June, heard, not regarded, seen, but with such eyes as sick and blunted with community, afford no extraordinary gaze, such as is bent on sun-like majesty when it shines seldom in admiring eyes, but rather drowsed and hung their eyelids down, slept in his face and rendered such aspect as cloudy men used to their ad adversaries being with his presence glutted, gorged, and full. And in that very line, Harry, standest thou, for thou hast lost thy princely privilege with vile participation. Not an eye, but is a weary of thy common sight save mine, which hath desired to see thee more, which now doth that I would not have it do, make blind itself, with foolish tenderness. I shall hereafter, my thrice gracious Lord, be more myself. For all the world, as thou art to this hour, was Richard then, when I from France set a foot at Ravenspur, and even as I was then, is Percy now. Now by my scepter and by my soul to boot, he hath more worthy interest to the state than thou, the shadow of succession. For of no right, no color like to write, he doth fill fields with harness in the realm, turn head against the lion's armed jaws, and being no more in debt to years than thou, leads ancient lords and reverend bishops on to bloody battles and to bruising arms. What never dying honor hath he got against renowned Douglas, whose high deeds, whose hot incursions and great name in arms holds from all soldiers, chief majority and military title capital through all the kingdoms that acknowledge Christ. Thrice hath this hotspur, Mars in swaddling clothes, this infant warrior in his enterprises discomfited great Douglas. Tame him once enlarged him and made him a friend of him to fill the mouth of deep defiance up and shake the peace and safety of our throne. And what say you to this? Percy, Northumberland, the Archbishop's Grace of York, Douglas, Mortimer, capitulate against us and are up. But wherefore do I tell these news to thee? Why, Harry, do I tell thee of my foes, which art my nearest and dearest enemy? Thou that art like enough through vassal fear, base inclination, and the start of spleen to fight against me under Percy's pay, to dog his heels and curtsy at his frowns, to show how much thou art degenerate. Do not think so. You shall not find it so. And God forgive them that so much have swayed your majesty's good thoughts away from me. I will redeem all this on Percy's head and in the closing of some glorious day be bold to tell you that I am your son when I will wear a garment all of blood 
and stain my favors in a bloody mask, which washed away shall scour my shame with it. And that shall be the day where'er it lights that this same child of honor and renown, this gallant hotspur, this all-praised knight, and your unthought-of Harry chance to meet. For every honor sitting on his helm, would they were multitudes, and on my head, my shames redoubled, for the time will come that I shall make this northern youth exchange his glorious deeds for my indignities. Percy is but my factor, good my lord, to engross up glorious deeds on my behalf, and I will call him to so strict account that he shall render up every glory, yea, even the slightest worship of his time, or I will tear the reckoning from his heart. This, in the name of God, I promise here, the which, if he be pleased, I shall perform. I do beseech your majesty may solve the long-grown wounds of my intemperance. If not, the end of life cancels all bonds, and I will die a hundred thousand deaths ere break the smallest parcel of this vow. A hundred thousand rebels die in this. Thou shalt have charge and sovereign trust herein. How now, good Blunt, thy looks are full of speed. Oh, hath the business that I come to speak of. Lord Mortimer of Scotland hath sent word that Douglas and the English rebels met the 11th of this month at Shrewsbury. A mighty and a fearful head they are, if promises be kept on every hand, as ever offered foul play in a state. The Earl of Westmoreland set forth today with him my son, Lord John of Lancaster, for this advertisement is five days old. On Wednesday next, Harry, you shall set forward. On Thursday, we ourselves will march. Our meeting is Bridge North, and Harry, you shall march through Gloucestershire, which by account our business valued. Some 12 days hence, our general force at Bridge North shall meet. Our hands are full of business, let's away. Advantage feeds him fat while men delay. 